Chilly evening in the Steel City. It's fucking freezing. It's like chilly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Once again, we're back. Uh, good evening, Gavin. Good evening, boys and girls. It's Pick and Roll Podcast. Yay! Hope you're warm wherever you are. <laughs> the NBA. It's all happening. It is. Um, we're in. Season's rolling. Especially Season's for rolling. Uh, your uh, trailblazers trying to dig themselves out of a hole. And to Mr. Mello. Hello. Western Mr. Conference Anthony. Player of the Week. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. I don't know. Uh, it was like they just gave it the fucking uh, work experience kid to just fucking fill in that one in the other. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Goodwill, goodwill, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's goodwill. Have you watched much of the uh, the mellow? They're starting them at the four, aren't they? I've surprisingly watched quite a bit of the mellow. Yeah, yeah, I have. I thought I wouldn't, but I have actually. Shots are going down. That's all the matter. Shots are going yeah. down. He's essentially replaced sort of like what Evan Turner did. Yeah. If you, like slightly better shooter. Slightly better shooter. Slightly but, better resume. But a worse no offense, def- Evan. <laughs> worst defender. I think we can say that. Yeah. Well, he's put the Mario Hezonia thing to uh, to bed for a while, hasn't it? And, uh, Which is and good. Yeah. Which is um, nice. Which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, he looks sprightly. I like him in that Blazers uniform. He looks sprightly. It. It's a good look for him. He's in good nick. He's, he's not, in good he's not letting himself go, has he? So. No, no. And it's it's like he just, you know, come in and yeah, gun them. He's not forcing stuff, is he? It's all no, no, he's playing the really well. the offense and stuff. And, playing really well, getting a lot of rebounds as well for Melo. Yeah. I mean, people forget he's a legit big, big dude. He's, he's, he's a big six, unit. He's 6'9", yeah. isn't he? You know, well, that was so. the thing, wasn't it? His issue was he never really... He was like an over. He, he could he could be an oversized wing when he was young because he was spry. But yeah. as that spryness left, he never really transitioned to closer to the basket. But he's There's playing one... in a lot better, like double 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 pumpers and stuff. Like he's much much more sort of canny than previously. I think down yeah. low, we're much he, more willing to do. He's that. always had impeccable footwork and stuff, which was kind of so frustrating why he didn't. He's kind of best times on the Knicks are when he kind of played the four, which, you know, he griped about and stuff. But um, yeah, he's a very clever offensive player, isn't he? And you can see the benefits already. For the yeah, Blazers. anybody who can't use 16 points, five rebounds yeah. is full of shit. If you're <laughs> full of shit. There's plenty of power forwards in the league yeah. who aren't getting anything like that. And then uh, in today's NBA, Gavin, if you will, um, he's kind of, he's that stretch for you want, isn't he? And it's, I think this is the thing with Mello is the media are so obsessed with kind of defining his role, if you will, uh, when he was on the Rockets and the Thunder and stuff. And it was there's a lot of fucking unnecessary noise about it. Just, just let him get on with it. Do you know what I mean? And kind of just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. issue is he's clearly a very proud man and potentially... The, I, I don't want to use words like humbled because it's bullshit and like all that stuff. But Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That, that sort of high level of pride, the, the level of pride that takes to be that sort of player for so long it's like he that transition to accepting he wasn't if you know what i mean 
he didn't adapt to it like Paul Merson did at Walsall. If you know <laughs> what I mean, like he's so, some players can't do that. Well, Iverson couldn't. No, that's no. why his you know his demise was very rapid, wasn't it? it yeah. was, you know, he ended up playing in Turkey because he just couldn't accept not being that dude anymore. You know. And... Yeah, I'd rather be that guy in Turkey than yeah. and, not uh, that guy. Mellow's worse rep than he deserves. You know what I mean? He yes. never he never really griped in New Well, York. that was the thing. He had, he had that, shit going on, that decline sort of that decline happened very publicly. Well, the game changed massively, didn't it? You know, um, he, he kind of... Yeah, it was a confluence of him getting hold just as the game kind of changed. Well, yeah, and uh, uh, wings became more of sort of two-way players, didn't they, all of a sudden? Was, yeah, yeah. Also, we're in a world of where, you, yeah, we'll take somebody who's had a poor three months and call them a washout because they're in their early 30s, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's hot take time, from the, from like clickbait on my YouTube video of, like, headline like the NBA's entering like its daily sport period in terms of like nonsense content all the time and he's been yeah. very much sort of like because he's a name and he's, yeah you yeah know, you can sell you can yeah. get clicks off that yeah, yeah. you can get clicks off that and that's that's what talks for a lot of the for a lot of the sports media isn't it yeah, very much so. So yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the Blazers—they've still got quite a hole to dig out of. I mean, I pop- mean, let's not get carried away. Yeah. He's, he's done it to a—he's done it to a like a bag of shit Bulls team. Yeah, they played them a couple of times, didn't they? A bag yeah. of shit Bulls team, and and tell me which which anybody who's playing power forward who didn't like rub their hands and lick their lips at the thought of playing against Laurie Markin and <laughs> tonight, if you know. I mean. watched that um, the game against. Bulls in VR the other night, and uh, mm. he's really unathletic, isn't he? I didn't realise. Yes, how, yeah, yes. Laurie Mark, and I can't see. I, I don't know if that is the injury he had last year, or whatever. But he, he seems miles away from what they I'm sure, sort of thought he was. I'm sure be. when we went back, I remember when we we're talking about players and been drafted. That I remember looking and thinking, you see, his highlights from college were all like like not a single rebound in amongst that, which is odd for a chap who's nigh on seven yeah, foot, if not, you know what I mean. He's like, not got a great deal of lift. Wait for, a minute. Yeah, wait um, a minute. Can you make mid-range jumpers? Like, oh, are, are you Dragon Bender again? That Bulls sort of team, they really struggle just getting to the basket really outside. So it was Zach Levine. It's just... I yeah, there's Zach Levine and then yeah. Kobe White off the bench for a bit. Yeah, but he had that, uh, 49 points and zero assists. Yeah. Night. Zach <laughs> Levine. That's tough to do. You know? Tough to do. Tough to do. I'm sure Dominique must have done that at some point. <laughs> yeah. If anybody I can think of. If anybody I can think of. Adrian Dantley. He, yeah. He's the lad who had that, those kind of numbers. Yeah. Yeah, the Blazers stuff. Yeah, um, I'm liking that 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 white look they had the other night with the retro. Yeah, that white they're, look. Their unis are always it's good pretty, year for Blazers branding really, this year so far. Just the classic black still. Like, I was watching that game the other night. Mellow just looked. Yeah, yeah, he suited that kind of classic Blazers look. It was. Um, it's a good year for their good, branding. Uh, Hassan White's out with ten blocks the other night. I, I know see that one. Yeah, I did. We kind of mentioned in the last pod about you know he'll put his stats up. That's what he does though, doesn't it? That's, that's but, what he does. Yeah, he's, odd he's very good defensive at that statistical thing. quirks. Oh yeah. look, he's grabbed twenty rebounds tonight. Yeah, but they lost. Yeah, not the only team in a hole in the West. Uh, the Spurs really. Yeah, they're in a fucking uh, Spurs a fucking jangling. They're all over the place. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird you... after that good start. Yeah, they did they lose nine in a row at one point, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and they kind that of weird thing with not strangely beat the Clippers the other night, which was pop a after oddity, uh, but... pop quite vocally not putting Becky Hammond in charge while he missed the game and instead put in Tim there and like like made a thing and said it if really? you know what I mean. Which is a bit weird after promoting her to assistant head coach to like just mm. why say anything, why make a thing when journalists ask you say they're like the best person for the job will be doing it and walk off. 
it seemed like an odd thing for him to do. Yeah, I missed that one. It's, it, like contrary yeah, to his actions, if you know what I mean, in doing all that. But he, he made a statement where he said no. Somebody asked him, and he said no. Like she won't. Be. Yeah, he can't be contrary at times either. He, He's just a bit of a fucking, fucking dick, isn't he? Well, I'm going that far. But, huh? uh, I it, don't know. I just, I just think he's got very contempt views of sort of stupid questions and stuff. Fucking love know. us. <laughs> we love us. I'd love for someone to do a book on Popovich. He's got to be coming at some point. Somebody he will. Or someone, but, Somebody um, will. It's fascinating just, just to get the sort of insight. Of, Probably you know. R.C. Buford just to keep that, just to keep that <laughs> partnership going. Buford on Popovich. Buford on Pop. Um, but when I watch the Spurs, it's just... I know he's railed against a three-pointer and he hates it and stuff, but it just... He looks like a donkey salesman standing by the side of a motorway yeah. screaming at cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had that one before. But uh, yeah. just the the yeah. way they have players like LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan who are very much specialists and not all-round players, they kind of... The game's kind of moved away from players like that, hasn't it? Yeah, it not? yeah. You know I, I mean? think it's... recent years have shown that you're going to really, really struggle if your best player is only good at making low percentage long range twos how are you going to fit that around a rest of a team and how players play is is really yeah. difficult and he's very good at it you know and the spurs, King-esque and it, the spurs have quite bravely plumped for a situation where their two best players can well, only really it. make long range twos well this is so. it the, the very sort of it's a very sort of specialized sort of game they've got and you hear the so you watch the games and stuff if you can put with that fucking stupid commentary fucking crew there. Who are I really struggle with the Spurs the package as a whole. Um, it's the good on you, mate. Whenever fucking Paddy yeah, yeah, yeah. three that particularly fucking throw another shrimp on the Barbie yeah. Penny. Fuck yeah. off and yeah. Yeah, die. Um, but they they've kind of said, oh, we didn't. You know, remember the last season DeRozan had in Toronto was hitting all those threes and stuff. Mm. And it was made an, a genuine yeah. thing to like work on that element. And he's coming there and they're like, well, we. Want our players to feel comfortable. We don't want them doing stuff. Maybe you should just kind of maybe get different players. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's you, you. You were very successful in one titles, like sharing the ball and hitting three point shots and stuff. And now you completely going in the other direction. Like it just seems an odd fucking way to do things. I don't know. It's well, I think history's going to show that, like, Demar Derozan could be at the Spurs for the next eight years. And I think his contract's up fairly yeah, soon. Yeah, but I mean, like. The, the Raptors in eight <laughs> load-managed months of Kawhi are always... What? They're like massive winners in that track. Like, the Spurs essentially got... They, it's like they took their franchise backwards out of that deal because of this. P- particularly, I'm not saying that DeMar DeRozan did that, but the fact they already had Lamar like, mm. means that... It's like little kids basketball because most of their players can only score baskets inside the three-point arc. So, it's like... it's. They've like not the really sixes. got that sort of athletic like wing type now, have they? That you know, Rudy Gay's up there in years and stuff, and they've just up there got... in years. I want to check Rudy Gay's passport. <laughs> Rudy Gay's on a passport. He's like Marco Bellinelli, who's not really done a great deal since he had that little flurry for the little Sixers flurry in the playoffs. The... Yeah. What was that? That was like yeah. a massively limited role with Somebody really low expectations that he did for yeah, like yeah. three weeks. Like yeah. it, it's, it's it's a really curious roster. It is. It's not. It's not great. DeRozan's got, I think, twenty-seven million option for next year, which I think he's going to pick up. Yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. Another team that seems. To, have you watched them to Utah? In and out because they're, they're up a and down. One as well. Yeah, they kind of. 
it looked like they got back on track a bit uh, and then they really kind of struggled on this recent road trip. They got absolutely battered by Philly. Are we going to talk about how Mike Connolly might not be Mike Connolly anymore? If you actually think about the last few years of his career, it's very injury-played. Broken and backs and stuff. Yeah, no spring chicken. Yeah. They've just really kind of... You look at the pieces they've got and you think they, they should be a lot better than they are at the minute. I mean, Joe Ingalls has really struggled. Can uh, we also remember, though, that was it year before last when Donovan's rookie season that they were terrible till about the, the middle of January. Yeah, they had some, and they had one of those seasons schedule like, sort of uh, imbalance, wasn't it? They, they had one of those. Really se- remember, like when Miami went somewhere like thirty and ten and thirty, and then thirty and ten. It was a bit of that, you know, yeah, I mean, like, like just completely. Um, sw- so I yeah. think I think them and Quinn Snyder have been through this kind of early season dance a few times. It's one of those things, though, if you end up in, like, the 6 to 8 range in the playoffs, you're getting bounced again at first round by, like, fucking, you know... What, the Nuggets? Houston or the Clippers or someone, do you know what I mean? It's... I don't know, it's... I don't know. I think people worry about the Clippers in the West. That's probably about it. Yeah. I'm not sure what the Rockets do differently to what they've got themselves bounced out for the last five years. Yeah, I can't And I I think the Lakers... Are gonna have issues when it comes to slowing down. That, like, and yeah, you, oh yeah, you and LeBron and Anthony Davis might be really dominant, and yeah, you go down there and throw alley oops to each other and high five, but you're scoring two points a time while the other teams are jacking threes and outscoring them. Yeah, um, I think that's the Lakers have kind of come unstuck whenever they've come up against a decent a, team, a team with they? a winning that's record yeah, that they've uh, played like three times or something yeah um, I think it's six times they've played they've played six games against the team with a winning record yeah it's the um, most padded dolly like apparently the reason they the NBA do this is a lot because there's a lot of football at this time of year and stuff mm. so they back end a lot of the TV games well no they the just sort they, of higher, they you just know. didn't want LeBron to, to refuse to play again from Christmas <laughs> onwards are we gonna? Is, is that gonna be mentioned when they talk about him? Oh, Hall of Flame, one of the greatest players. I don't remember any of the other greatest players ever going. Fuck it, I'm out for half a year. Um, they really struggled against Dallas. Did you see that game on the yes. Sunday? Yes, yes, that was one of the things. Like they, they taken, them, didn't they? Really? They'd taken like ten, ten threes by the time Dallas had taken thirty and and put themselves in the front because yeah, you have your high flying crowd whooping alley oops from three inches out. Mm. We're just gonna bomb you. One team looked like they were built for. The success in the modern NBA and the Lakers looked like there was, they had two really good players. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure about Dallas the last time we recorded, but um, since then they've um, it's just a joy, isn't it? It's it's just amazing to watch uh, Luca operate. Well, I've been going a bit deeper. I've been going Go a bit deeper on this. Oh yeah, and let's hear it. If you do some stats, there is a player that Luca is his entire game is heat maps where he makes his shots from where he throws his assists from where he throws them to all of it is remarkably similar to one player who James fucking Harden oh, of course he is yeah and he's... and whilst James Harden has the most boring game in basketball apparently Luca's is the most exciting game in but if you compare them like for like, it's almost identical, if you know I think what I mean. Harden dribbles the ball a lot more. He puts it on the floor and puts it between his legs and stuff, whereas Luca's kind of, he turns his shoulder and he's kind of, his head's a bit more Luca's game is he's, smoother. And yeah, he's more yeah. like magic in that he's taller whereas and can throw him I overhead. Think it might be but, just a visual thing, but 
Harden's game looks more one-on-one playground now, whereas Lucas looks more t- team-orientated, if you, if you understand where I'm coming from. He's he's kind of always got his head up on a swivel. Yeah. He's not looking at his man and just dribbling and stuff, which Harden tends to do. I think that's where the sort of stylistic but I think, difference I think is. having... Both very effective. Having obviously. always loved Harden when he was at the, at the sixth man for the thunder and stuff, yeah. that I think a lot of that comes from just James Harden being more canny that you want to get yourself to the top of the key, throw a move, draw a foul, rather than get yourself to the top of the key, gather, take a step, and try and draw a foul by drawing contact. If you know what I mean, I think he's smart. he tries to get him when people, players are like, oh, it's reaching before they jump at him, just to try and avoid. Because he's been this, if you know what I mean. He's this is ain't. Well, this is that Houston. He's thing, learning isn't it? to the most efficient his thing. shots in yeah. basketball, or the three point shot, or the free throw. Yeah, and yeah. that's what he tries to get every. Possession. And if you, but, so if you look at Luca's shot charts compared to James Harden, they're almost identical. Above the break, sort of three point line. Who else? Who stuff, else yeah. would would do or like that was straight out of the James Harden playbook. That, that we kind of said this on the four, last pod, that three point we? in LeBron's face in the fourth quarter with that step back, little hop back left. The thing is, he's. It's almost like it's in slow motion with Donkic as well. Like, yeah, you know yeah. it's coming. No, his game is much smoother. <laughs> because he's 6'8". Harden's is way more know. herky-jerky. It's much, much smoother. Yeah. How ridiculous this fucking Vladi Divac and uh, your boy Mr. Schlank. And, uh, look now. Who's the other one? Is it Phoenix? How fucking stupid do they look now? Apparently Divac didn't draft him because he didn't like his dad, apparently. Well, I fucking, can believe that. You should be fucking sacked on the spot for that. I'm sorry. That's just absolute the height fucking, of unprofessionalness. Yeah, just nonsense, mate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just are, you letting fucking, a, are you letting a personal thing cloud yeah, yeah, your professional yeah, judgment? Blatantly was. You know uh, I mean? I'm uh, afraid you're not going to work out my organisation. Sorry. I'm still bitter about him not making the All-Star team last year, by the way. But, uh, yeah. Well documented. At the time. He's going to make it this year. Nikola Vucevic was an all star last year. I'm just going to leave it at that. They were desperate to throw some shine at the, the dog shit bottom end of the East. What yeah. do you do? What do you do this year? Um, what do you do? You can pick like four all stars for the East, and then you're like, oh my God. Well, can somebody resurrect Wilson Chandler or something? <laughs> like, this is where we're at. Well, yeah, Dallas are great. Um, uh, I should be there next week uh, taking in. Uh, Hopefully, Mr. Donkic. No, my could be fucking. They're not wearing that fucking disgusting uniform. Oh my god! Do you want to? Should we go in on that now? The uh, just go on. I don't know. The fresh prince of what did you call it? Fresh font of Bell End. That's the one. Jesus, what's going on at Nike? It's horrible. Nike, Nike, whatever you want to fucking call it. That's not good, is it? It's horrible. That typography's gone off the fucking There's some bad ones. That was fucking horrible when they played the Lakers. The Lakers in the white white at home. Yeah. And then it's, you know, I don't want to be the old man shaking his fist at a fucking cloud, but can I just have some fucking uniforms I recognise on? You know, Lakers at home, want the yellow, yeah. gold, whatever. Don't fuck with that. Uh, don't do, fuck do that with shit that. away Just from make home. make it easy. Like, yeah, don't yeah. do it on the National League televised games, but... Yeah, that's a fucking abomination. That's horrible to look at. Yeah, they've yeah. just gone a bit mad with this stuff now. I mean, all their none of their uniforms are particularly good. Just go back to the fucking eighties one. Oh, it's, it's any it's anybody where they're gonna sell anything. So franchises the where they hat. don't traditionally sell much. The big cowboy hat is the shit. They need to go for yeah. a whole rebranding again, to be honest, and go back to that. Well, looking, you know, seeing the clobber Mark Cuban's worn in public over the years. I don't. I'll let look at Mark out. Cuban's hair. I'm not. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Do you want to, uh, any other sartorial delights? The Mammy, um, the pale blue one. The pale, like blue, the pale blue, blue one. Pale blue turquoise. What, what are we saying that is? The 
Electric Aqua. blue or some shit. It's a Miami Vice fucking yeah. blue feel. That is, uh, that is nice. It is. Uh, it's it's nice. It's, I prefer the black one still of that. The black one is The black one. That's yeah. still the... wasn't mad on the pink one, but that and the... No, yeah, no. They're, they're not all... the pink one or the white one especially, but yeah. Miami doing that thing that Spolstra does. Pendulum seasons. We're good this year. We're crap next year. We're good this year. We're crap next year. Yeah, we kind of touched on them last time, didn't we? Um, mm. They were... Um, they had a yeah, really, really good start. East. Yeah, fourteen and five. Um, yeah, they they're gonna be a, in the mix, aren't they? There. Um, you see much of Philly? Uh, no, because it's horrible to watch. Yeah, I'm not. Like, it's horrible I basketball. Can't get about watching. It's like a fantasy um, team where, so, where where no one's people have looked at statistics and stuff like that, and nobody's thought. Wait a minute, who's gonna dribble this ball? Wait a minute, who's gonna I shoot mean, this? They've not lost a game at home. But Perfect at home. It, yeah, uh, but it's not like you say it's. Embiid had that strange game against Toronto. He didn't Zero register points. a point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Gasol, uh, yeah, they kind of cancelled each other out. I think he only had three, but he's on a bit of a tear statistically since. But um, there's just something not quite right about that Philly team. It's, it just goes back to the I'm still Simmons and yeah, yeah, we, we, we're yeah, you're not flogging yeah. a dead horse here. We've been over this, haven't we? But he's good there. You're not making the most of either of them. The I? rookie. Uh, Thibel, Thibel, how we pronounce Matisse Thibel. Yeah, he's a fucking... He's a good player. I've never seen such a good rookie defensively. He's a fucking disruptor, that kid. He just, he gets it. He just, he's cult, like mini Kawhi. He just gets in the lanes with the long arms and shit. And uh, They are frightening defensively. It's, frightening uh, defensively and kind of frightening when they've got the ball going forwards. It's one like, of them. Oh. And, we said this last year. They never really seem to get everybody going on the same night because... The parts don't fit, and it's yeah. kind of that would be my worry come playoff time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who shoots for them basically anymore. Yeah, I don't know who's taking the. I don't know who's spreading the floor, who's shooting, and it's a bit congested. Yeah, aptly for this time of year. Right, we'll have a short break. We'll be right back. Delighted to be joined all the way from, is it Leicester? Uh, just outside Leicestershire, but let's, for the sake of ease, let's go with Leicester. It's Josh Coyne. You may know him from Double Clutch UK and his general writings and musings and whatnot. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're very welcome. Might as well talk Celtics as we've got you on. because <laughs> You're a man who follows them quite closely. Pleased with how it's gone this season so far? Yeah, you know, I'm pleased. Firstly, I want to address um, the uh, my constant attempts within Double Clutch uh, and uh, my fellow writers uh, to uh, to try and become impartial is a constant mission because people keep reminding everyone that I'm a Celtics fan, and then I just keep end up writing about the Celtics anyway, um, almost by a sense of kind of um, responsibility to do so uh, but I do appreciate the intro uh, I am indeed a Celtics fan um, I'm pleased with the way the um, season has gone so far I like the fit um, there's still a couple of things that need to be addressed um, because I, I feel as though we've got kind of um, vulnerabilities in certain areas that they'll eventually have exposed hard by some of the better teams, especially in the postseason. Uh, but I like it, and once again, it's actually fun to watch the team again. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, just following you on Twitter and stuff. Just the 
the whole carry fallout last year at times and stuff was just you know from a distance just watching the likes of you and Simmons and stuff it was quite it was sort of car crash I could kind of feel your pain at times it was not being a Celtics fan it was kind of sadly amusing but uh, yeah <laughs> not, I can imagine not great to go through obviously uh, if if that's your team yeah so so I'm a so I'm a um uh, in football, I'm a Liverpool fan, and uh, in basketball, I'm a Celtics fan. So they're both successful teams who generally, uh, if you're not within the fan base, you basically just prepare for people to dislike you. Um, it's just that it's just that kind of fan base, and I understand it. And often the fans don't actually help themselves, um, but I imagine it was joyful to watch from afar. I also want to just note that you mentioned me alongside Bill Simmons. Those are the two notable. Uh, basketball journalist within the whole mediascape, I would say. <laughs> um, and uh, but my thoughts on on the current situation, and um, I've had to take almost a few moments to myself recently to kind of reassess it. Um, have you seen the uh, romantic comedies Ten Things I Hate About You? Don't know if I have. Have you, Gav? Isn't that the one that's like a remake of The Taming of the Shrew? Basically, yeah, it's Heath yeah. Ledger and uh, Joseph yes. Gordon-Levitt. I remember the one. Um, have you seen Clueless? Of yes, course. of course. Yes. Saw it at the cinema, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen uh, a little bit more of a, a rogue shout here? But have you seen John Tucker Must Die? No, no I haven't seen it. Not on my that. radar. I'm aware of it, yeah. but I haven't seen it. And then recently, uh, within the last few years, there's been a Netflix film called Isn't It Romantic? Have you seen that? No. We didn't get you on to talk about films, by the way. <laughs> I'm loving Barry this Norman analogy. Where is this going? Where is this going? Well, this is epic. So basically, the Kyrie and Boston story at this point for me reflects like a, a certain trope that you'll find within all those films where the love interest is is kind of nothing but trouble for the main protagonist, um, um, you know, and... But a friend basically has been nothing but good for that protagonist. And he's always been kind of right under their nose, you know, uh, but that's not been recognized. Um, Celtics fans at the moment, they have Kemba, but they're kind of struggling to appreciate him because, you know, that, that he's the best possible match because they're still preoccupied with the flashy, attractive hunk who will ultimately <laughs> make, make their lives worse. So, so, so I, I think that's kind of what it is. You know, Kyrie is that kind of big blue-eyed hunk guy who ultimately is just a bit of a bad boy, and the audience <laughs> knows that he's not exactly going to do much good for the protagonist's life. Um, and then Kemba is the 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 friend that's been there, the the Paul Rudd in Clueless, who's been there the whole time, <laughs> and uh, the best friend. The whole audience is screaming <laughs> at the television, just saying, "Look." Listen to me, like this is the guy that you should end up with. That's the guy who should get the girl, and that should be the happy ending. So, and as you kind of touched on, I I wrote about um, the Kyrie Kemba thing a few times on Double Clutch, one in which I compared him to David Bowie. Uh, no, I, I didn't compare him to David Bowie. I used lyrics. I remember to David the article. Bowie. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Yeah, um, and and it, there was a suggestion within that article that he was he was basically his head was up in space. Um, but I, I I I then wrote recently an article about the Kemba fit, um, and obviously, as you kind of mentioned at the start, you like Kyrie. Kyrie's an excellently talented player, and when it kind of clicked, it looked great last year. You know, um, off the court. Um, but then 
sorry, on the court. But then with all the off-court nonsense, um, it really started to feel kind of like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I've been worse than most people in terms of questioning Kyrie's quasi-intellectual third-eye bullshit. But I really do, <laughs> I really do think it goes deeper, to be honest. So I've had to almost start checking my perspective and remove myself from my kind of aggressive bias. Uh, and I recently have been thinking about it. I think he's genuinely going through kind of a rough time. And I think that because he's almost basically a, a, a victim, uh, a victim, sorry, of sycophantic environment, I think he believes he's bigger than his surroundings. He hasn't ever been told that he, you know, what he's saying doesn't actually make any sense. Uh, he's ne never been told that he's wrong. And he's basically become detached, which... I think is an, you know, that has an effect on the way he handles his leadership and the criticism he receives, and obviously the uh, the opinion and evaluation of a British basketball blogger should be taken with a pinch of salt. <laughs> um, but those are my uh, that is a rant um, that I've just gone on. But that, those are my <laughs> thoughts. Basically, that's where I'm at. That's what we're here for. He can rant away, but yeah, he's he's a straight. He's such a. Me and Gav have such sort of back and forth about him and kind of just you know I, I love him as the player and what he can do and you know I was a fan of Rod Strickland I love that kind of you know the, the playground game he's got and it's just Gavi used to say to me it's like imagine turning up to work every day and you've got that dude you know like shit I've got to deal with this dude again and it, I think mm. he got to that point from you know what you were just saying and stuff with Boston didn't it it was you know the rest of them were just like this is just yeah. tiring now I, I, yeah, you turn up at the office and there's the guy who's like absolute, uh, you know, shit hot at his job, but his yeah. very presence is making everyone else want to go home. And early. he's had he kind of you look at his sort of his upbringing stuff. His mum died when he was quite young and stuff. You know, I, I don't know. I'd have I'd have dealt with that in in my twenties and stuff. So it's kind of I don't think anyone's saying he's a bad guy. He's just. There's just a lot going on there, isn't there, I guess? Yeah, and that's I think that's why I've had to start basically kind of thinking about it from a human level. Yeah, exactly. He, he's only gone. in his 20s, you know. It's... Yeah, yeah. I, as, as, as an observer who's outside, who doesn't have to worry about being perceived as being fiercely biased, I agreed with everything you said in that rant. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think he's... I think his biggest crime is he's one of the least self-aware people you could possibly imagine who's unfortunately mm. been indulged by people who are like, I'm going to get clicks out of this because if I yeah. stick a light in front of his mouth, he's going to say something borderline hilarious. Yeah. I, and I, I, I think he'd, I think we'd really benefit from a Louis Theroux documentary on him, to be honest. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's not even necessary, not, not necessarily a kind of weird weekend, but more like a, where, where you get to see both sides of the coin. Um, the, it will be quite interesting to see what he gets to, to up to in his spare time. It, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and, and um, the 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 thing with him is, uh, to, to be frank, even before it all started, the kind of wheels started to come off, and I think it might have actually be, been before he kind of announced himself as a, a flat earther. But um, the <laughs> I, I remember being at NBA London, um, so we 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 covered press at uh, NBA London at the O2 and he, he walked in the room and immediately obviously all eyes go on him but he did have that kind of aura of a guy who is owed something constantly really um, and, and, and that you know that could of course if 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 he heard this or if an NBA player of of, of, um, of any uh, status really 
um, heard this, they'd be like, oh, come on, that's a reach, really. Like, he didn't even really say anything. But, you know, the kind of thing that you see of Westbrook that is sometimes entertaining but uh, often kind of frustrating where you see that kind of reluctance to even listen to the question, um, head down, not even addressing the room. He's got a um, lot of content I, for the press, hasn't he, Russell Westbrook? So, yeah, it's, yeah. Know, it seems to have, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, they've got that in common at least. Yeah, um, it's been a weird sort of roller coaster at point guard for Celtics, hasn't it? After the sort of euphoria of that Isaiah Thomas playoff run, which I, I still don't think people realize how fucking amazing he was that year. Was it 17, 16 or seventeen? Yeah. I can't remember mm. when he uh, he dropped fifty odd on the uh, on the Bulls and stuff. Uh, yeah, sixteen, seventeen. But, but he, that was probably one of the greatest sort of <clears throat> playoffs performance i've seen especially with his sister dying and stuff and whatnot and then the kind of the switch from that to Kyrie and now back to kemba it's kind of it's it's been a weird roller coaster hasn't it it's sort of that position for the celtics yeah it has uh, and and to be honest I, I i was lucky enough to be um in in boston for a nice stretch of games for isaiah and yeah. uh, I, I i was at the uh, raptors game where he dropped in his 50s i think it was 54 that was it. and then yeah. and, and then he was in his kind of mid 40s for the next game in in against detroit he was on unbelievable form um isaiah was kind of one of those guys where you don't know where he has kind of summoned this space that he's found up from. Like he, he, he just had that ability to kind of find little pockets of space that someone of his size. It was just a perfect fit, wasn't it? That year, really, with just I don't know the way Brad Stevens set the offense up and stuff, and probably not the greatest East, Eastern Conference ever. If, if, if we're being fair, he just kind of no. just had a really fucking you know really everything sort of fell into place, and then suddenly got that injury, and you know cost him a lot of money yeah. but um yeah, yeah I, I hope he can get back to something like with washington you know he's probably yeah. never going to be the same player again is he but um yeah but it, it, it was you know his loss was gut-wrenching and yeah. uh you know uh, at, at the time when he when he went um i, I mean it still was a good deal you know Kyrie's talent oh yeah yeah you would do that you, trade you have, every day wouldn't you yeah it's... yeah you have to roll the dice on it and then eventually it looked like a great trade um because I because of Isaiah's health, blah blah blah. But the the thing with um, you know, you just have to roll the dice. And Danny Ainge came out recently and said that he blamed himself on building that team and not necessarily kind of defining roles enough. But there's nobody on earth that thought that there wasn't going to be a, a way to get that to work. There was just so much talent in that roster mm-hmm. that that if it had clicked, it would have been unstoppable. You know the the. Hayward injury didn't help. The Kyrie off-court stuff didn't help. Um, there were so many factors that, that kind of came into play where it ended up being the only kind of real consistent leader was Al Horford. And yeah. and on offense, unfortunately, like Al Horford as your only kind of consistent leader, as as great as he is, isn't isn't gonna get isn't gonna move the needle. But um I'm I'm glad seeing Kemba reminds me of having Isaiah in the sense that Yeah, this it, is kinda it, yeah. It, was, yeah. It feels like there's yeah. a togetherness. Yeah. yeah. Were you surprised yeah. Horford left? I was quite surprised. He went I was surprised he went to Philly. But yeah, yeah. I guess do you think they just balked at paying that kind of money for someone of his age or do you think it was think, he'd had enough of the situation or I think it was a, the the latter. A I think it a, yeah. would it would have been a uh, it would have been a lot of kind of fatigue for a difficult. I mean, if you look at him, he, it, for the most part, he was seen as the the kind of dad of the squad. Yeah. He was the dad of that roster, and 
if you're just looking at these kind of um, younger guys who just can't seem to make it work in terms of personality, in terms of kind of getting a co- cohesive unit together, you're kind of going to look at that and just be a bit exhausted. And then if the opportunity to kind of build this, I don't know, kind of gigantic Monstars squad um, in the form of the Philadelphia 76ers, where, you know, if that comes along, I just don't think you turn it down if you're him. Um, yeah. Especially if you, if you don't see that kind of Kemba trade and that kind of maybe clear just, upward Yeah, trajectory. maybe just, he saw it as a better chance to win a ring, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I Sounds think so. Fun, yeah. What have you made of... Uh... The Ennis cancer experience so far was it was it a blessing in disguise him getting injured? You think and and Tice sort of getting in the starting lineup um, seems to have um, been a better fit since he's gone down. Really, so he was starting early uh, in the season, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, um, I think that with Ennis cancer, it's a really difficult one because um, as a human being, I really want him to do well. Um, you know, because of obviously the narratives that are kind of tied in there. He's he's uh, he's painful to watch. Um, he does defensively at least. Does, yeah, he does a couple yeah. of things really well. He rebounds the ball and he can score sort of, but probably yeah. more suited to a bench role, I guess. And and that and that's what makes it more frustrating because the things that he does well, he does like as you said, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He's a really good rebounder. He can finish around the rim. He's pretty tough, and he's and he doesn't back down from anyone. No. The problem is kind of his knees and legs do back down from everyone. <laughs> Um, when when he's trying to kind of keep up with them, so uh, it, it's painful. The numbers don't look good. Uh, the team is um, evidently and statistically considerably better when he's off the court. Um, and the worst part of it is that it's kind of providing profound vindication to the New York Knicks fans who were talking all summer long. Yeah, um, he had a little, he had a nice little run with the Blazers last last year, but um, yeah, I, I won't take anything the fucking Knicks fans say with. <laughs> <laughs> any great that's a really knowledgeable fan base <laughs> yeah. um, is that an area you think they probably need to strengthen if, if anyone's actually willing to trade with Danny Ainge anymore is it, is it another big man you think because Daniel Tice what is he 6'8 Williams 6'8 you, mm. once you come up against the sort of Embiid's and Gasol's in the playoffs I don't, that's well, it's what you somewhere it looks well. it looks a, a little bit thin I don't know what do you give up as well I mean is it it's it looks realistically like you're going to have to sacrifice Haywood for a player of stature. So I'm sure I saw somewhere yeah. like the proposed Haywood for Stephen Adams or something, which yeah. would look to solve a whole load of problems for the Celtics. Yeah, A whole well, load they, of problems. The, the Boston Celtics do have kind of 14 more Brooklyn picks, don't they? <laughs> Are they I don't know how many's left. <laughs> they no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> So they've got none left. So it's a kind of new world where you actually have to use players to trade. <laughs> um, so, so I think Hayward has to be kind of uh, after the start he made this year. I think that we would have to be off the table uh, un- unless it's someone absolutely game changing. The problem is obviously going to be paying all these guys. So I, I would understand if that if a move like that was made. Um, I think that the likes of kind of Davis Bertans would be kind of someone to go for um not necessarily addressing the issue of like <laughs> I think there's, there's going to be a lot need. of sort of good players available uh soon I mean I don't know people like Thaddeus Young who's not really getting minutes with the Bulls and just just veterans of that sort of ilk who can probably help someone you know Iguodala is going to be on the market soon I'd imagine it's just Boston haven't really got sort of many salaries in that sort of mid-range mm. have they though the, you know the, there's only kind of Marcus Smart and you can't imagine they're going to trade him anytime soon um, no 
No, yeah. the club would fold. I think the the fan base <laughs> would be uh, dissolved. Um, no, if, if I, yeah, I do think it's a big. I think it's a body. Thaddeus yeah. Young, people like like that you mentioned. I haven't put a great deal into for, uh, of thought into it, but I also suspect that the options that make sense are kind of few and far between. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's that. I, I think it's someone who can just body someone. Um, you're never going to kind of. On the market, you're probably never going to get someone like Al Horford to go kind of defend those guys. Um, however, you know, I am a kind of a, a Robert. Uh, I am a kind of Robert Williams truther. Uh, I do time lord. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do feel like the time lord does have kind of um, uh, more upside than the wider NBA might realise. He's had moments in the. Uh, in the season so far where he just looks absolutely unplayable kind of near the basket um and uh you know it's fun to watch him catch lobs but i I would like to see him have more minutes it's just about whether he can kind of keep his head on uh, long enough to kind of improve that awareness and um kind of the uh, statistical and uh, strategic nous uh but i guess we'll see Going back to Marcus Smart, he's uh, he must be enjoying his work this season. He's been me and Gav are, are big fans. He gets a lot of love on this podcast, but he's he's just great to watch, isn't he? On a night to night basis, just the the effort, the commitment, and just yeah, he's just everyone would love him on their team. I guess is what I'm trying to say. He's a, he's a joy. Oh yeah, he's he's a, he's astonishing player. His his ability to um, you know disrupt is absolutely kind of once in a generation um some of the plays that obviously the one uh where he kind of dove out outbound to to uh hit it off Kawhi's foot yeah earlier on the that was season. yeah that was, that was absolutely game. amazing um but but on offense I mean he he recently said I believe it might have been on the low post he said that um it was his confidence and he actually took it really personally that people were saying he's a bad shooter yeah. people yeah. were daring him to shoot all the time and he said that he really worked on it. And on offense, he's a legitimate threat now. He's making 2.23s a game, I believe. Off, yeah, he's I shooting mean, a lot more. Isn't he? I think he's putting nearly seven a game up now, which is... Yeah, nah, yeah. so, so he's putting 6.6 a game up and he's making 2.2 per game. Um, and, you know, he's a natural threat that needs to be respected. And now, as a byproduct of yeah. that, he's he's got his highest point total so far. Yeah. So... I think he's. I think he's just one uh, once in a generation kind of defensive player. Um, I do think that Celtics fans for the rest of the year are going to kind of be canvassing hard. I think that's the main priority of the fan base beyond winning anything would be winning Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. Yeah, his contract's a steal now. If you look at it as well, twelve million a year. It's just it's a joke really for someone of. I mean, they got a bargain, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's the, the, I mean, you look like Fred Van Vliet's probably going to get double that next this summer, you know. So yeah, and he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a really good player. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, in terms of the intangible stuff, just yeah. doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, yeah, there's nobody else in the league with the ability to come in and profoundly change the game with like to switch momentum with with a scrappy dive in the ball, rake it out of somebody's arm, steal or something. Or yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's always really unconventional, strange. It's not highlight plays in the conventional sense that that he used that he manages to entirely shift everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the guy can. I mean, there there are. I mean, and obviously we haven't even covered the fact that he can guard any, literally anyone on earth. But the 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 ability to kind of um, 
come up with an offensive rebound in between the trees or kind of dive for the ball, hit it off some, like, you know, the, the best player in the world, arguably's foot. And, you know, um, the, the double um, technical that he got on James Harden last year, which was just phenomenal, where he kind of, he, he gets under their skin, makes the best players in the world, make key mistakes, completely out of character. Marcus Smart is really a game changer. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a joy to watch him. Yeah, I know you're not a Draymond fan, but this is what it's like watching Draymond if you're a Warriors fan. Do you know what I mean? This is it's the ca- same kind of shit. You know, it's like people look at the terrible three point shooting and stuff, and and the fucking and the technicals. But it's the same. He's the same kind of player. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, you love that guy if he's on your team. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you'd absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before we uh, let you go, your thoughts on the league in general this year? Have you been enjoying the uh, the Lucas show? Oh, the the Lucas show is phenomenal. I mean. He's just so ahead of. I did a bit of a one of those kind of um, reporter humble brags that that people do, where they kind of pick up a tweet or an opinion they had, um, uh, uh, you know, way before the fact. Um, and I, I I did that maybe a couple of weeks ago, where I retweeted a thread about I did about sleeping on because for some reason, based purely on the fact that I live in the continent of Europe. I got asked to go on a Sacramento radio show to talk about Doncic. Um, and, and, and they were basically saying, why should we take Doncic? And obviously we know that that ended absolutely horrifically for them. We were just talking about um, this before you came on air. Apparently he's, Vladdy didn't like his dad, apparently. So uh, that was one of the reasons God. they didn't draft him. It's like, yeah, he should be fired is... on the spot for that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, those are reasons like eight-year-olds shouldn't yeah. be invited to like a kind of bouncy castle party. They they are not. That's not the reason you shouldn't draft a generational talent. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was revising some of that kind of before and after analysis today, which was phenomenal. But going back to just just quickly on to to that tweet where I said about don't sleep on Doncic was off the back of the radio show thing I'd done, and. I kind of revised it recently to say, even though I kind of waxed lyrical at this level about Doncic before the draft, it, it's just staggering where he's at now. He's one of the best players in the world and way ahead of any kind of progress chart that anyone had for him. He controls the pace of the game. Everything is at his speed. That's it, isn't um, it? There's only him, Harden, and maybe Kawhi and LeBron who can just make everybody else adjust to their tempos. There's not many players who can do that, is there, in the league? Exactly. And if you think about how long it took those guys to yeah. get there. Um, is, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, too. I mean, I put a not inconsiderable amount of money on him being an all-star last year because the odds were so fucking ridiculous. that It was yeah. so close. that. Uh, but I wasn't even ready for the jump he's made sort of this year. It's, um, it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's so, just delightful. But look at Trey Young has actually had one of the, I mean, one of the better draftees in the last decade. Oh yeah, offensively, but of course. He just yeah, looks yeah. like what? Yeah, it what? still looks like a terrible trade. It's in it? the shades <laughs> compared to that. It's, it's... Yeah, it's, it says a lot about it says a lot about how good Luca is yeah. that kind of some morons on Twitter still consider Trey Young a, a, a bust <laughs> uh, based simply on that that bad trade. But yeah, you, you, I mean. You know, it might it might be mind blown to some, but guess what? If someone plays professional basketball from teenage years in the league that isn't the NBA against grown men who want to rip his head off and yeah, wins yeah. literally every accolade and title that is in front of him, guess what? That means he's probably yeah. a good basketball. Player. Teenagers don't get minutes in Europe usually either. Do you know what I mean? He was dominating. You know, he was the best player in Europe. It was, yeah, it's again, it's 
American xenophobia. Call it what you want. I don't know. It's just that. Yeah, it's an overvaluing of. Yeah. It's a vote overvaluing of college basketball as yeah. meaning something. Which is just hard. Another subject we could yeah. rant for about an hour about. But um... I've, I've done all my ranting. I think for today. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on with us, man. We should probably let you go. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and read your work and hear you and whatnot. Okay, so if you follow me on, on Twitter at, at @poundcoin, which is a fantastic pun on my name, Josh Coin, which is C O Y N E. So pound coin on Twitter. With a Y. Uh, yeah. I write. I, I write primarily for Double Clutch, uh, doubleclutch.uk, um, and yeah. Um, and, and also a little bit for FIBA from time to time ahead of tournaments. So uh, give me a follow on that and I'm sure you'll be able to find something. Cool. And you do music podcasts as well, if I'm not mistaken. I do indeed. Yeah, I do. Give that a shout Thanks out for... if, if, while you're on yeah. there. Yeah. Get it you, out there. you really, you lobbed it up for me and I'm going to slam it home. <laughs> it's um, it's um, at Handstamp Pod on Twitter. It's called the Handstamp Podcast where I speak to actors, musicians, writers, uh, etc., about their favourite and formative live music experiences. So if you fancy a slightly borderline pretentious uh, chatter about live music, that's your avenue. There you go. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for You're welcome, for man. Thank thanks for popping on with man. us. We'll catch up with you Cheers, soon. We'll have, to, we'll, we'll have you back on when the, the Celtics uh, get deep in the playoffs, I'm sure. I'm completely in. Thank you. Ideal. Cheers, Josh. Speak soon, Bye-bye. mate. Bye-bye. play a game of birthday spread gavin go on then it's go back, on back in all its glory it must be my birthday um i've got seven birthdays for you three or four you know three you probably won't know okay um i'm going to give you a margin of error of 35 years okay uh on this bunch here um first up wishing a happy birthday tomorrow to um dick ricketts uh power forward uh, and the uh, 1955-56 Rochester Royals. Can you guess his age? 55-56 Rochester Royals. Sadly no longer with us, so oh, okay. it would have That's been his birthday today. Um, 82? Ricketts, no. Um, 96. 14. So, one, four, 14 there. Uh, just the one international cap, uh, Mr. Ricketts. Dick Ricketts. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm next... sure you just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Ricketts. Dick Ricketts. Uh, next up, we have Corliss Williamson. Big Remember nasty. Him? Yes. Um, kind of stole my thunder there. But um, just going to say, he's just recorded a grime album. Uh, MC name is uh, Big Nasty. Yes. Big Nasty. It's all drill um, these days, you. It's all it's drill. It's all drill, yes. Uh, Corliss Williamson. Take, to take a stab at his age. Call this big tomorrow. nasty Williams. I'm going to say 46. 46? Absolutely nailed it. Two for 14. Very good. Just remembering um, them socks playing for the Kings and thinking, he's not much older than me. <laughs> uh, next up, wishing a happy birthday on Thursday. It's Eddie Curry, uh, former Bulls. Former Bulls. Nick 
High draft uh, pick. Another high draft pick. Um, big fan of UK rap, actually. He's um, just recording an album with uh, Ty and uh, Professor Green. It's the uh, the taste of Ty Green curry. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Take a bow. Take a bow on that one. <laughs> Uh, Eddie Curry, we digress. Eddie um, Curry. Not as old as you'd think. No, 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 no. I think he might actually be a bit younger than me. I think he's actually maybe 39. 37, not bad. 37, not drafted bad the same year as Tyson Chandler, yes, wasn't he? Yes, he was, very much and so. The Bulls just uh, blow both their picks yeah, on big-ass centers. They did, yeah. Um, and then not see it through. Three for 16 there. Wishing a happy birthday on Saturday to... Uh, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Um, just recorded a cover version of the old uh, Little Louie record, French Kiss. Uh, it's, um, it's called French Lick. This French time. Lick. Very <laughs> good there for you, uh, 80s house fans, uh, 90s house fans. Uh, Larry Bird, Gavin. Larry um, Bird, uh, 60. 63. Ah, 63. Uh, so, uh, very close there. Um, you always next... look three years older. That's yes. my excuse. <laughs> next up, we got Kevin Serafin. Um, Kevin former Seraphim. Bullets, Knicks forward. Played for the Knicks, I can remember him. On he the, did, yeah. On the, on the Wizards. But we should get like... Frank on the Knicks guy to do a oh. podcast about him, actually. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a word about Kevin? <laughs> Kevin Seraphin. Um, Kevin Seraphin, 35. 30, only 30. Only yeah, 30. No longer in the league, but um, yeah, I've lost count of the score here, but uh, mm. never mind, we'll. Plow on anyway. 23. I think you're in clover here so think. far. Um, next up, we've got Lloyd World Be Free, uh, whose birthday is next Monday. Um, just set an engineering company up with uh, Rodney Mullen, the skateboarder, actually, there. Um, uh, World Industries. <laughs> this is the name of, the, <laughs> of that engineering company, Gavin. Um, yeah, a bit of a reach there if you're uh, not a skateboard fan. Lloyd World Be Free, Gavin. How old will he be? 67. 66. Very good. Wow, you're smashing this here. Um, just the one more to go. I don't think you'll have heard I'm of this guy. Um, 15 years old, probably. Yeah. Right. Um, guy called Plumber Lot. Plumber, P L U M M E R Lot, like Ronnie Lot. You don't uh, need to make any puns there. Small <laughs> forward on the Sonics, 67 to 69. Couldn't handle the fame that came with. Being an NBA player, really, when fans would approach him, he'd just say, I'm not a player, I'm just plumber lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one for the big pun fans there. Um, plumber lot, Gavin. That was a big pun. Yes, it that was. was a big uh, pun. Sonics forward in the late 60s there. Um, late 60s, I'm <laughs> going to say. 77. 74, so you've absolutely fucking wiped the floor with me there. Um, Very good, Uh, the birthday spread there. Check us out in all usual places. Uh, Like, subscribe, rate, leave us a rating. Tell us you love us, tell us you hate us, give us a five-star review. It's not for us, it just helps us keep on doing this. And obviously we don't make money out of it. uh, Loves and hugs and likes. Let us know, we're not just shouting out into the void. Yeah. And um, send your questions, emails into the show. Yes, email get back at, on the questions. Yeah, email at pickandrolluk.com. We will have a I'm review of the decade coming up uh, in time for Christmas. So if anyone wants to send in their all decade teams, favorite moments from the 
teens, is it? Is that what we're calling this? Wow, this last decade. I didn't realise it was in the decade, quite frankly. Me neither, but, uh, me neither. I've been through too many of them now. So. Yeah, so send us your, um, your favourite moments, your favourite players, your favourite whatever from the last decade, and uh, we'll have a it's bit Dirk of a... Dirk winning the title. Yeah, I think so, yeah. We'll have a... That's mine. I'll, we'll I'll have throw a out there. Christmas special where we'll have... Um, you can bring a game in, wear your casual clothes, bring him in pie and a bit of brandy, and uh, we'll have a bit of a, a silly one. Before Christmas. Until then, I think we'll be back with hopefully a special guest before then, uh, before I go off on my Luca travels. Yeah, thanks to Josh Coyne for popping on. And uh, until then, Gavin, thank you for your time, sir. You're welcome. Until then, peace out. <laughs>